Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, oh, we got to, I, we just have to share. Um, you can't even say an it. Amazing experience that we had right off the bat. And then we're gonna get into resolving some of your conflicts. Yeah, um, many of you have these conflicts going, these disagreements, arguments with loved ones and friends, and you can't settle them, and that's why you turn to us so we can once and for all put this to bed. Uh, the prompt was, what's the most ridiculous disagreement you've ever had with someone? We wanna help you figure out who's right. Uh, what we really mean is, we wanna tell you who's right through the power of conversation and verbal processing and persuasion. Because you can't defend yourself because we're just going to speak into the ether and then you have to deal with the consequences. The inter ether. Inter -ether. Internet And by ether. the way, all of, the, everything that we do here is ethernet based, uh, which, is a, which, is a cool, which is a cool fact. He does not know what that means. Of course, neither do I. No, no, um, we're all ethernet all the time. If you handed me an ethernet cable, I, I could say that is an ethernet cable. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, hold on, that's the crossover cable. But if you put an ethernet cable up against somebody's mouth and force them to breathe it, they will pass out. But they won't be able to tell you if it's an ethernet cable or if it's just like a simple phone line. This you is all you true. You can't do that with smell. Let's talk about this amazing experience. You know. Do, I, do, you, do we wanna relate it to, I, I, you know, I, I don't like relating it back to like, in this new year we've resolved, and I definitely wanna say the word resolution is this, so maybe we just leave that out. Maybe we don't need the context that like, we resolved to uh, protect time for. To reclaim our lives? To reclaim our personal lives and even our non-work related shared experiences as friends, uh, to just to ump, ump up that quality. We're umping up the quality <laughs> in 2018. I, I literally tried to say up and that's what came ump, out. Ump, ump, ump. Ump the quality. Ump, ump the jam. Um, because. No, I think we should talk about that because. Well, I kinda did, but. 2017 was so crazy and so many things converged. We worked too hard, we got sick, um, you know, and I, and I think we. we got sick and tired. We resolved that 2018 we would set aside some time for ourselves. Well, and what happened that I'm maybe building up too much already was just validation. What happened this past Friday was validation that we made the right decision. And let, because, me, let me just say very quickly, those of you who follow me on Twitter, shout out to Red MC on Twitter. <sighs> you already know what Link's gonna talk about because I already tweeted about it. But, well, <laughs> I didn't know that. You tweeted or you Instagrammed it? Well, I didn't Instagram it because I didn't have my phone at the time. I tweeted about the experience. And so I didn't want you to build it up too much because those of those of you who got your head in the game and following me on Twitter, you already know about this. But now you can know the context. I just wish. I'm sorry, you walked right into it, Link. I had no plans to shout out my own social media ever on, again on this show, at least to today. But you walked right into it. I mean, I've already talked about it on social media. It's like it's I didn't like, give the details. I wouldn't say I walked into it. That would be like walking into a wall. I would be more like I stepped in it. You stepped right in it, man. I definitely have stepped in something. You stepped right in it. 
and now it's, I can't get it off now my you, foot. Now the cool thing about this story is that we have two perspectives. So I think you should tell your perspective of it first because you didn't know what I was experiencing at the time that you saw this. Yeah, well, and just one more thing in terms of the premise of this is, well we went surfing and we, two years ago, we pieced together a good number of months where we would go, and I think we talked about it here on Ear Biscuits, about how we would go, um, I'm gonna say surfing, but just between us, paddle it was stand-up paddle surfing. Like, yeah, But don't right. tell anybody that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when you repeat this story to somebody, just say surfing. leave that part out and just yeah. say that Red Link was surfing. Surfing okay? is much cooler. Um, even though it, it, the mechanics of stand-up paddle boarding does impact the, the nature of the story too. And I, I, so this was the first time we took, we like, we didn't have a specific time we had to be back at the office. You just had to be back home to pick up Shepard from school. Correct. It's never happened. I mean, and we drove, we, so we, we left a lot later and then we came home a lot later than we did whenever we, we used to piece together those surfing safaris that we would do very early in the morning. Um, but the create, the, just how it conjures creativity was just, it's just so, you just can't quantify it. You know, when, when everything you're doing is associated with a deadline or uh, an, a specific obligation, maybe not in the short term, but absolutely in the long term, it just squelches creativity. I mean, when every single creative thing you're doing is associated like one to one ratio with an obligation. That's trouble. That's trouble for a, for an artiste. They call it unstructured creative time. Because you never know. That's what so, we needed. And there's just something about just in general, like getting into this huge body of water. The ocean, they call it. Called the ocean, and just it the gives you it gives you this places. sense of perspective. It gives you this sense of uh, altered life pacing. You know, you, you, without, it's, it's not logical, but there's an association with, you feel the tides, baby. You, you know everything's slower, everything is beyond your control and you're just in it. It's a very healthy place to be f f uh, philosophically, psychologically. But not necessarily physically because there's a lot of bacteria in the Pacific Ocean outside of Los Angeles. Yeah, and you can't go in the ocean oh, yeah. Right, it's if it's rained. Sick. If it it's rained that week, you should not get in that ocean. Sick. It is a sickening place um, because of pollution. But it's beautiful at the same time. If you don't look too closely at the stuff floating in the so water. So we're out there, and it had been so long since we had we had been. I was really shaky. I wasn't doing well at all. I was like, something must be wrong with my board. Yeah, I think it's the person on the board. And um, but even even then, I was having just a great time. I mean, and I look. We had been there for a few minutes, and I looked out beyond the break. And there's a there's a dolphin. There's two. There's three. A pod. Oh my gosh! There are that's a pod of six dolphin swimming out there. Now this is not the first time we've seen this, but odds are we'll see dolphin go by um, if you go to that particular spot of a morning, I believe. Yeah. But what will happen is they'll just kind of they'll be going up the coastline and they'll be gone. But then a few minutes later, after you know taking a wave or something. I noticed that I would see three. Nope, there's all six again. They're still all there, and then over and they the were swimming around over us. the course of our entire time out there, they were just around. They were just around, 
And, uh, um, and and not scared at all. Like they swam under us and around us. It was well, yeah. Well, I was I was paddling back out, and I see this what turned out to be the perfect wave for our skill level in the perfect place for us to catch. But I was I couldn't catch it because I was paddling back out. But Rhett was out there. And I was like, man, and it was this is, by far the biggest. And wave it was of the big day. too, but it wasn't so big that no, it was you were a, it was still yourself. it was like or break your board in half. It was like, like I've done before, shoulder high, which is a big wave for us, mm -hmm. for our skill level. Like I yeah. was saying, and Rhett's paddling into it. I'm like, dang. And then there was this regular surfer who was paddling out, and so he he was paddling over the wave. And then you were coming, this is my perspective of the thing. And I see you, I'm like, I'm, I see my friend take the wave and it's like, it's a good place to be because it's like, oh yeah, he's, he's getting it. At least one of us is getting, the this, getting this moment. He's in the pocket and he's riding the wave and it's just a, I had a great perspective on it. And then right after you went by, this surfer's paddling over um, a, the wave right after it. No, this, it must've been the wave right after it. And I saw as he was paddling into the wave as it, and he goes over it, a dolphin jumped over the nose of his surfboard. And so I paddle out there, I'm like, I was like, man, you got cut off by the dolphin. You know, just make a little. Little dolphin little, talk. Little surf dog. Surf dog? Surf dog joke there. Okay. And that's what I noticed. And then the pod was there and I was like paddling around, literally they were swimming underneath my my board and I, I actually got afraid that if I fell in, one of them might wanna um, try to make babies with me because I yeah, heard that they do that. They do that, They're, they have been known to do that and that is not a made up thing. Dolphin rape is a real thing and I thought somebody was joking about it when I heard about it. I was like, you shouldn't joke about that kind of thing. And the guy was like, no, I'm not joking. It's seriously a serious thing. And it is a thing that has happened where divers have been assaulted by dolphins. It has happened multiple times. You don't have to go do that Google search if you don't want to, but it is, it is a real issue. And so if you've you, seen, you, were, if you were not necessarily unfounded in your fear. Oh no, I because I had heard about this. And if you've ever seen me in a wetsuit, <laughs> yeah. well you know, <laughs> okay, but let me tell you my perspective on this because I catch this wave that, again, I'm in the same boat that you are. That well, no, I'm a little. We bit, weren't in a boat. It wasn't boats. Well, you do have big surfboards, but meaning that I'm rusty. I'm back, and I don't feel completely comfortable on my board. Your name is not rusty. Either, and but. then I catch this wave, and I caught it at the last minute. I, like turned my board around and got right in the pocket. And then as soon as I know that I've caught the wave and I'm comfortable and I'm like, I'm surfing. That's usually what I say right at that moment. I'm surfing. I'm surfing. Hey guys. I look down and I see a dolphin surfing with me. In now the I've same direct, headed in the same direction. Surfing, he was, he or she was in the pocket as well, just below the surface of my board, just surface of the water, just to the right of my board, like I could have, pet the dolphin with my paddle. Right in line with me just perfectly, just like as if to say, we're surfing together. Isn't I'm this a, also surfing. Isn't this a wonderful, beautiful thing? Hey, tall boy. And I almost, almost fell. The first thing that happens when you see a huge, because these things are like eight feet long, 
you see this big gray thing and you think maybe shark, right? But I'd yeah. seen the dolphins around so much that I didn't think that. A lot of times you'll think that. Uh, but I was just flabbergasted. But you didn't fall, it, you teetered a second? I, I teetered for a moment, but then I regained my composure, I rode the wave out. It's like. And then me and the dolphin went and got uh, eggs benedict. <laughs> Did you did you make eye contact? I made blowhole contact. Oh gosh! Well, the, that only goes one way. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean I look. My eyes made contact with the blowhole, right? Because that was what I could see. That's it, still pretty amazing. Uh, it was incredible. Highlight highlight of highlight of uh, 2018. 2018 so far. <laughs> really, highlight of twenty eighteen. Yeah, I mean that is awesome, man. I I mean, I I could, I was gaining just joy from watching you ride the best wave of the day. I didn't even know there was a dolphin. Like if you would have said, I'm surfing next to a dolphin, yeah. then that would have made it even I better for me. That. But you know, I wasn't jealous when you told me about it. I was just glad to have been in the same water. I just felt, you know, you feel this, you just feel a connection with with these creatures, man. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you that You feel we, a connection with the ocean. You feel, we could be you friends. Feel, it just puts, it's just a, I mean, Everything they say about surfing, like you're bobbing in the water and everything I've already said, I think it's, I highly recommend it. Yeah, well, no, don't recommend it because then people will start doing it and then it gets more crowded and it's not fun for us. Surfing sucks, just leave it at that. Yeah, that's, why, agree that's that. why there's a bunch of secret surfing spots. Yeah, surfing sucks and it's dangerous and you will die. Dolphins are known to do things that I can't speak of and sharks, you already know about them. Mm-hmm. And there's nasty stuff in the water. Sting and stingrays. Stay away. Stingrays or stingy ray. Ear biscuits is supported by Mattress Firm. Now I got to tell you right now, I enjoy sleeping. If I could be sleeping right now, I would. I could be sleeping right now. Just if snap your fingers, and I could. I feel like I could go to sleep like a hypnotist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to because we we need to keep talking about this ad. <laughs> okay. But otherwise. I, I feel like I have that power. But it's amazing. I mean, not only do you get to go into the dreamscape, the dream world, which is one of my favorite things about life, but you get to rejuvenate. You get, I mean, there's so, you need it, but the thing is, is you cannot, cannot get a good night's sleep, and you need a good night's sleep, without a proper mattress. And that's why we're urging you to go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, because they understand the importance of a good night's sleep and everything associated with that in the material world. Mattress Firm, America's neighborhood mattress store, let your budget stretch further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. And they're more than mattress experts. As I've said before, they have the whole package that helps you transform your mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have you covered, literally and figuratively. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening right now. That's right, mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. Ear Biscuits is also supported by Pro Flowers. Now, Pro Flowers recently helped me uh, show some love to my mom because I sent her uh, a flower arrangement and- How did that go? Oh man, she texted me and she said, I hate flowers. No. Of course not. She said, I love my flowers and I love that you're always thinking about your mama. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is I don't know if I didn't have the, always thinking right, about I it. I didn't have the heart to tell her, I'm not always thinking <laughs> about you, 
But that's oh, what gosh. that's what sending flowers to you enables me to communicate. It's like a super thoughtful thing. But the thing I'm that, thinking of you often. Well, the thing that I didn't tell her is it's so easy to send flowers with pro flowers that it almost takes no effort on my part. But it feels you didn't pick the flowers. The ratio you didn't box the flowers. Right. The ratio of input to output, like the input of effort to the output of love that my mom feels is there's no ratio like this that can be replicated anywhere else in life. You're exactly right. Guys, use Pro Flowers and experience all the benefits. Everybody wins. An exclusive Valentine's Day bouquet from Pro Flowers is a perfect way to make a big impression. Pro Flowers thought inside the box, so you can too. Your flowers are boxed fresh and delivered fast so they will last surprisingly longer, seven days at least. That's a week. And I keep wanting to call them Bro Flowers, which I think is like a, a secondary division. It's like, hey man, I want it, bro. I wanted to send you some flowers too, but that's not what they're it not is. doing that yet. It's but pro I'm, flowers. For what it's worth, that's just my idea. Pro flowers. You can, I know you're listening as well. <laughs> Choose a delivery date, and it's guaranteed, making you look good. Hurry and order today. Valentine's Day is next week, y'all. Do it, do it bro. To get twenty percent off your purchase of twenty nine dollars or more, go to proflowers.com today. Use our code ear. That's E A R in the special codes box at checkout. Proflowers.com, code EAR. Not bro flowers. Right. Now, on with the biscuit. All right, guys. Um, you know, we don't, we, want, we don't want you guys to be arguing. Is so that what this is about? Let us, let us I help didn't you know settle that these that was things. really what this was about. We want to start Cindy Murdoch? Why not? My boyfriend and I had a terrible fight, our worst over when you should merge when two lanes are being merged into one. Now, there's more to this, I'll read it in a second, but just as a side note, I actually believe her when she says, this was our worst fight, because sometimes the worst fights are over the most frivolous things, because it's, the fight's not really about the thing. Cindy and her boyfriend were in the car, and they were arguing, they, something had built up in one or both of them, and then it just all got unleashed on when is the proper time to merge? That could be, but sometimes think you feel so definitively. Their worst fight ever, though. If you feel no. real strongly about something, it can turn. It can really get out of hand real fast. So he said, "You drive to the front of the line and merge at the last minute." I argued that you should merge as soon as you can after seeing that the lanes are merging. I later read up on it and found that the quote experts say he was right. I'm still not convinced. I have a very, 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 very strong opinion about this. So if you, if you have a less strong opinion or perspective, just go for it. I, I, I think that in general, I am a wait to the last second to merge, but then there's certain places on my route into work. There's one place in particular that I've learned that you've gotta merge early and aggressively and you can't wait late and be the jerk that I, I normally am. Yeah, So and, and, I, and I take the same route so I know about this so, place you speak of. So I don't. But that's not really the question. So the question I, is I, not I do what's both. your preferences. I do both. The question and, is whether what's who what's right. Well, what's the and right the appeal thing to, to do? the experts. Well, so, it's interesting because, uh, and I, uh, I'll just say simply, I think that the right thing to do is to as soon as you know where you wanna be, you need to go ahead and merge and that's really as soon as people start merging. You shouldn't wait until the end and merge and I do the thing that I think is wrong 
whenever possible because I'm selfish and it's more important for me to get where I wanna yeah, get well, than Well, you're talking else. about your personal behavior, which I completely agree with I'm you. I'm just admitting that I am no. not. I don't do what I think is right. No, see, I have, a, I have a very specific opinion about this and that is that what you, your tendency to do and also what her Cindy's boyfriend believes is definitively correct. So mathematically- you're supposed to merge at the last second possible. Mathematically speaking, what would work the best would be if two lanes of traffic went all the way to the one lane and then right at the last minute you went every other car. Yes. That mathematically, efficient, all efficiencies taken into account, that would be, if we could get into that rhythm, in fact, the day, this is what will prove this, the day that self-driving cars are exclusive, that's everything, that's, you know, there are no yeah. people-propelled cars. That is how it will work. People-driven cars. The, this two, they will come up to the lane and then they will go one after another because that will be what's the most efficient thing. Just like when you're exiting like a game, like a football game. You go to a football game and everybody's trying to get out of the- Parking lot. Parking lot. If two lanes of traffic come together, it's alternating, that's just the rule. But the problem is, is that people do not abide by this rule. So a lot of people are nervous about that moment of indecision at the very end, and they don't want to be the person who gets caught with their pants down, so to speak, at the end of the of the lane. It's just a personality based thing. And so, seventy five percent of people just get into the one lane as soon as they know that there's a merge happening. And because that happens, and that's always going to be the case, until we all are just in self driving cars. You seem now like, you're just an appendage when you go, you're the jerk when you go out to the end and then people don't let you in front of them because they think that you cheated. Right, and you know what? I 100% agree, we are both right. <laughs> and that, that's why when she did the research with the experts, that's what they said. But I do need to clarify something. And it's interesting because there's on our commute, there's two places. There's one where there's an exit that backs up, so it's you've got, through traffic and then you've got a lane where people are backing up to exit off and then at another point, there's two lanes that merge into one lane. So when when two lanes merge into one lane, we're, I 100% I agree. What I was talking about where I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm undermining my principle here is. Is it exit? Is one when, lane it's an, exit? when it's a one lane exit and people are starting to back up and instead of getting in that line uh, on the far right and in the exit line, I keep going and then at the last second, I wait for someone who's not quick on the gas and I just pop over in front of and them. And if everyone did that, then the exit lane would serve no purpose because you're actually in a non-exit lane. A flow lane. In, in a free-flowing lane. So and that's yeah, a it's problem. A, it's a different, that's a different thing. I don't it's know It's also how very the, dangerous. The algorithm works on that. But I'm saying, yeah. when it's two lanes to one, you should go to the end, but unless we get every, by the time we're able to get all of society to agree to do the right thing, we'll all be in self-driving cars, so it doesn't even matter. So your argument will be settled by the robots, Cindy, like many arguments will be. I thought we just settled. It. Yeah, and we're the robots for now. What, which one do you want to hit next? Uh, let's do. Uh, let's do the, these. We got a, a couple here together. Okay. About the plurals of different words. Yeah. Here. So first from Claudia Swindler, my house engaged in a legendary borderline screaming match over the plural of Bigfoot. We were split down the middle of Bigfoots or Big Feet. What? Big well, big feet. 
is just a bunch of large individual foots. Yeah, we're in agreement on this. Bigfoot is the proper name for that creature that does not exist. Do we have to say that? Okay, it doesn't exist, guys. Get off, get out of, just forget it. It doesn't, he doesn't exist. Get off, get out of it, it doesn't <laughs> exist. It. But it, that mythical creature that you are referring to is named Bigfoot, so the, mul the, the, the plural is Bigfoots. It's I not big feet, you can't oh. change the foot of a of a proper noun no. to feats. Your your defeat. Well, I feats is not actually not actually. I disagree with you, and I disagree with uh, Mrs. Swindler here, or whoever in her family. Well, you don't know what side she took. I, I'm taking a third side. This thing is a triangle because it's Bigfoot. Like there were 23 Bigfoot gathered on my lawn. Okay, I'm oh I'm in agreement with you there. If, I, she, they, I, if the, the you're choosing with, between Bigfoots and Bigfeet, it's Bigfoots, but well, you're, you're choosing right. between two wrong answers. Yeah, Bigfoot is the correct. problem with their house is that they don't have all the information. Yeah, the Swindler house is living in a yeah yeah is living in a cave. Multiple Bigfoot up there in those hills. Like you okay. need to and by that I mean not really. There are some people who think there's multiple Bigfoot living up in them hills. Yeah. They're wrong definitively. Next one, uh, Francis Lavrock. LaRoque? LaRoque. What is a single, this is great. What is a single Tums, the heartburn relief chewable called? I say it is called a Tums, but my wife says it's called a Tum. Pass me a Tum. <laughs> I think it should be pass me a Tums. I even tweeted at Tums and they just said it is called heartburn relief. What, hold on. Tums, why, t I mean Tums replied and didn't even. That, They're not even using their branding? That just means Tums has a bad social media manager. Dang, because Tums you, social you, media. You gotta get Tums, in on that. Tums, you need to fire your social media You gotta get in some, some Wendy's business. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta lay it down. When, you, when somebody just we throws prefer, you a softball like that, Tums, you got to just. Oh, Knock it out of the park. I'm glad that you asked. It's called um, heartburn user. relief. We prefer to not uh, refer to our brand um, as the thing. We prefer to refer to our product in the most generic sense possible. And you should do the same. Matter of fact, just buy the drugstore version of our heartburn <laughs> relief medication because it's just as good. Now, I, I think, think that's, that was the full tweet. I think maybe what Tums is saying, having not seen the tweet, uh, I think what Tums is saying is that a, these are Tums heartburn relief pills or capsules or chewables this or is, whatever. This and so ridiculous. Tums is the brand. Tums yeah. is the brand for the thing. So Tums isn't the thing that you're chewing on. Tums is the brand behind the thing that you're chewing on, which is a chewable. But no one would say, pass me some chewable heartburn relief. Pass me another chewable heartburn relief, baby. So I, I thought this was a ridiculous question, but now I find myself not able to answer it. Oh yeah, I think the <laughs> I think the debate is incredible. I think the Tums response was a missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, but I have no idea because I don't. What is what Tums? would you say? Is, is, what is, that a, is it a family name? Don't tell me what you think. Just tell me what you would say right now if you wanted one. Tom's tablet from the from the thing, and I'm I'm right here next well, to it. Th I have never eaten just one. <laughs> just <laughs> let me just say that right now. There I've never had just one. That's Tums. their slogan. One Tums, but I just said one you Tums. Can't, can't just eat. One. I would never in a million years have just one, but I would also never in a million years say Tum. Pass me a Tum because I I'd have to make a a decision to change it to Tum because it just is Tums. <laughs> Your wife had some Tums up at. Uh, when we were at Big Bear and I needed some Tums. And what and did I you? And I said, do you have any Tums? 
And she was like, I've got one, would you like it? And she said, I got two kinds. Yeah. And she gave me those chewable ones. So it was the plural of Tums. What is that, Tums? <laughs> I've got Tums. I don't think so. I, I think that, please pass me a Tum. I don't think anybody, I just don't think that holds water. I, I just don't. I, uh, Tums is the brand. Tums is not. I, I think it's get a, you some Tums. It's not. It's not the plural of the thing you're 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 eating for this heartburn relief. I don't know if that's true. I think it is. I don't know if I it don't is. know either. But I think it Tums. is. Tums. Tums to Tums. Tums. They do put their name in front of all their products. Like yeah, their they just so brand it. Tums, uh, chewy bites. Tums smoothies. Tums, yeah, right. Chewy so. Bites. Tums is Tums is okay. the brand, so yeah, therefore right. it's Tums. You pass me some Tums. They put their name Tums in front of every product that they sell. Pass me a what Tums, and I think you just gotta say that. If you just want one, it's I, pass me a Tums. And unfortunately, you just gotta throw the other one away. If you only wanted one, and they give you the bottle, or they give you more than one, you gotta throw the other ones away. Or you gotta put, you say, you just hand it back. Yeah. It's like, I actually only wanted one. You say, pass me a Tums. Pass me the Tums. Pass me one of the Tums. Maybe, maybe you do a soft S. You, Can bar I have you a, barely hit it. Do you have any Tums because I'd like one? You know, you gotta really think about it. Pass me a Tums. See how I barely hit the S? Pass me a Tums. <laughs> Pass me a Tums. What? A what? That means y'all only want one. Uh, what about this What about this phone call situation here? Loandra Smith. Hello, Rhett and Link. Love you guys, thank you. We love you too, I think. I really don't know you. You're I, I'm sure you're lovable. I, you're lovable, and I do love that you responded to us. Um, I might take all that back after I read this question though. <laughs> Haven't read it yet. My friend called me from her work phone to complain about her boyfriend, and like friends do, they go about spilling the tea to each other. Her boss found out and charged her to pay the call. She called me again <laughs> to let me know that she feels I have to pay half of the bill for the call she made to me because I was also part of the conversation. Please help, Rhett and Link. So she works mm. in a corporate environment. She's calling This is her easy. This is easy. To pay for half of the bill. Well, you think it's easy. You're gonna say, no, she shouldn't pay for, right. but shouldn't pay for half unless at the beginning you say, would you accept yeah. 50% of the charges? But she didn't know she would be charged for it. She didn't know. Um, the thing is is that the person that she called had did not initiate this and was just being a good friend. I mean, you're just being a good friend and, and letting somebody complain about their boyfriend to then be charged for your counsel. You should be charging them because it sounds like you were counseling them. It, it must have been an international or at least a long distance phone call to have a specific charge associated with it. Must have, must have cost a lot of money. This feels like a ridiculous request. Well, I, I just think, you know, if you work in like a corporate environment and you're sitting there calling long distance and it's, that's you're, because. You're already in risky territory. On right your own there. dime, you know this would cost a lot of money. If you're trying to save money, well that should come back but and clearly, bite you in the bill, if, if some, billfold. If somebody calls you while you're at work and they are complaining about something and you're trying to be there for them and then your boss finds out that you were on the call for an extended period of time. And I don't even know what, charged her to pay the call, I, I think this may be an ESL situation, I'm not 100% sure. I think what that may be referring to is she was charged for the time that the call took, not that she. To pay for the, no I just think they left out the word for, so. 
Her boss you found out so? and charged her to pay for the call. Yeah, but uh, internet, you really think it's an international call? Maybe it is, I don't know. Uh, but either way, no, you're not, resp- you're not responsible for this. Your friend's responsible for it. When, I mean, but when I worked for IBM, I would print off all types of stuff. Like I'd print off booklets and reams of stuff that were personal in nature that I cannot remember what they are. But like, I don't know, some sort of like oh, loose leaf booklet. You don't wanna get into it. I've talked before about all the things I did at work. <laughs> like what are you talking, well now you have to get into it. <laughs> what, what are you saying? Meaning I didn't work. I mean, oh. it, when I was working as an engineer for the last year that I was working there, we didn't have any work because of the whole like Enron thing that happened way back in the day. And so I just surfed the web, man. I was surfing the web. I'm surfing the I web. Had, I had work to do, but it that's when I started to discover uh, like Napster. And I, so I started downloading a bunch of music. To your work computer? To my work computer just oh, to listen gosh. to. And then. Did you not uh, understand? Turns out that was immoral. At IBM you were doing that? Yeah, that's, that's not a crazy. good idea. And then <laughs> how in the world it was that was wrong. And I I did figure it, it out. Was stupid like, too. Well, it was it was right when it was happening when people were saying you shouldn't do that. And I was like, okay, I figured out that I shouldn't be doing that, and that it was stealing, and that stealing from an artist, and plus doing it is just bad idea all around. Like you could have gotten in, but you know, people got into some serious trouble for that. You could have gotten IBM into serious trouble because you had. We actually had a situation. We had a situation like that here many years ago. That's right. I don't even remember who it was. It was somebody who no longer works for us. Yeah, uh, many years ago. It was ago. like an intern or something, but they had one copyrighted f- uh, mu- music file on their computer that was, it had like the, you know, the they can, they can the people know whether mm-hmm. or not something's been illegally copied and it was just this one file, one song mm-hmm. on her computer and we got this letter from our internet company that said that someone has been housing illegal music uh, at this IP address and we're going to disconnect your internet. It was like a big deal and it was just one song. But then it then it was resolved. But I, and in my defense, I will say uh, that it was 1998. Like I was still a college student but I was working at IBM in a co-op situation. So I, I spent one semester working there and it was when we were just figuring that stuff out. So it wasn't, I just wasn't educated in, in, yeah, in I re- what it was. No, and, I, I was doing it at home. Right, and I, so I, just, I was just like, oh, I treated it in the way that ultimately you would start to stream music. Like I was like, oh, I just, I'm just gonna listen to this while I'm working. What's the harm in that? Yeah, you know? we didn't and really understand. I became educated. The nature of it. To it, thankfully, not by getting into trouble, just by figuring it out. And then at at a certain point, we started using this like crappy streaming thing you could put on your on your browser. LimeWire. And no sh- streaming. It was uh, uh, it was the first streaming radio, and I'd listen to like stuff. I'd put my computer on mute, and then I would leave. And after like an hour of it being on mute, it would unmute. Something was wrong with my computer, and it would start blasting. And my office mate didn't know how to turn it off and he got really upset with me. Yeah, I would have been too. And he had, we had to have a conversation about that. Courtney Coke, how many is in a baker's dozen? In o- 13. In Omaha, Nebraska, it's we have a simple. grocery store owned by Kroger called Baker's. 
I tried explaining a baker's dozen is a universally known measurement for 13 instead of the standard 12. She, whoever she's arguing with, she said baker's dozen was created by the local grocery chain. <laughs> All right, Courtney. Oh, poor person. Courtney, whoever you're talking to is wrong. You're right. Baker's dozen is a universally known measurement for 13. It was not created by Baker's, owned by Kroger in Omaha. Actually though, and ironically, her Baker's dozen, the person that we're disagreeing with, is 12. Mm. Because that it, does Baker, a lot. Baker is the proper name of the place. So I think Baker's dozen is just a dozen. At, it's at, like, at Baker's. At Baker's. If you order a dozen, a Baker's dozen from Baker's, you're gonna get you 12. You need to say a Baker's Baker's dozen. You need yeah, to say it a twice. Baker's a Baker's Baker's dozen is thirteen, but a Baker's dozen is twelve at Baker's. Yeah, you could just say a Baker's dozen from Baker's. Brandon Jensen. Nope. Then that would be twelve. Baker's dozen from Baker's is thirteen. Oh. Nope. Not if it's I all about the capitalization. Right. Too. Are you using the capitalization both times? Brandy Jensen. Me and my husband had an argument about whether lambs and sheep were in the were the same animal. <laughs> I said lambs were baby sheep. He said lambs were a separate species. <coughs> Brandon, your husband's wrong. Uh, we don't even have to Google this one. <laughs> but that's the interesting thing is that they got in this heated argument about it, and then at some point, instead of Googling it, the, the argument, the fire gets stoked. You know, because at a certain point in an argument. You can't Google, right? Mm -hmm. If the argument gets heated enough before you've Googled, then you've reached the point of no Google. I don't think there's a point of no Google. I really don't. But if 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 you have like the communication climate with your friend or your your partner or whatever, where you like you like to argue, then you certainly have a point of no Google. Because um, I w I actually wonder, like you kind of have, like you and Jesse, you both come from a more um, from from climates where having friendly arguments or just having arguments, there's there's a there's a fun quotient to it. Whereas for me, friendly I like, debate. For 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 me, yeah, you call it a debate, and I call it conflict or an argument. And I like I tighten up inside, and I like I just want it to be over. But there's people, and then we have friends um, who. But you go, love to argue, which go is the even, funny thing. It's a, you, it's I actually a, don't. I don't think I love to argue. Uh, but you love to talk about this kind of stuff and you if you have a strong opinion, you I love, love to defend to, it. I love to have an opinion and I like to be right, but I don't like to argue with people about it. You just want people to acquiesce. Yeah. Okay. I just That's, want you to agree. Yeah. Um, let's skip to the chase where you agree with me eventually. Um, but I am curious what like the 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 ready nature of Google at hand, how that has impacted the, the the social interactions oh. of people who like to argue. Well, I would have thought it would have made a question like this obsolete. Right. Like, why are they arguing about this? I mean, I don't need to go to Google to know that lambs are baby sheep, but Brandy's husband does, and he should just go because it's free. I'm sure he's got an internet connection. She's got one. She's on Facebook asking questions. Um, however, I understand the desire to believe that lambs are a different species because no one likes the thought of eating a baby. And that's what you're doing when you're eating lamb. And so people are just uncomfortable with that. 
you know? And so it's just like, no, a lamb's not a baby sheep. That would be crazy. Why would we do that? Lamb's a different species, <laughs> you know? I think that's where that it's particular misconception comes from. So don't Google that because it's gonna mess up your life. Now, what you, if you think that people who like to argue, just to close the loop on that, you think that they, what I'm saying is that they intentionally don't Google at points and arguments when they should Google because they would rather disagree. It's not about the answer as much as the journey for for those type of people. Uh, there's definitely people who are just contrarians. I know many of them. Yeah. And they just wanna just disagree for the sake of disagreeing because it's fun. As soon as they, in fact, they have the ability to you know, ascertain the the room's sort of mood or the room's position, mm-hmm. and they like to adopt the other Opposite. side. Yeah, and that's that's just a personality thing. And you kind of you you need people like that in your life, really, because. But not when it comes to cold hard lamb facts, right? Right. That's when it gets a bit annoying. When it's just like, well, I'm you're playing devil's advocate, but are you the devil? <laughs> you know, it's like I start to feel that way. It's like. But you be the devil's advocate, but don't be the devil. Only the devil thinks that lamb and sheep is are different, a different species. <laughs> I feel like we're making really good progress here. We're like we're getting in the heart of it. Oh, here's a here's a tough one. Daniela. I feel like I sh- I should protect the last name. This one's so juicy. Okay, just keep it Daniela in the first letter of the Daniela Heckman's. Did I just say it? Okay, yeah, that was the full name. That wasn't just the letter. Daniela H. Okay, that's better. Okay, here we go. Perfect. I'm actually right in the middle of an argument slash disagreement with my best friend and my sister. I'd love to hear your opinion on this one. My ex-boyfriend and I loved to go to the sauna and even after we split up, we still met up once a month to do exactly that. Our breakup was mutual, so there is absolutely no bad blood between the two of us. But for a couple of months now, I've started dating again. Mm-hmm. She means somebody new. And it's getting kind of serious. So here's the thing, my new boyfriend would never, ever, ever, ever go to a sauna. He is not into that kind of thing, and I really wanna go. I've stopped going there with my ex after I met my new boyfriend, but recently he, my ex, has asked me to go with him again, and I really wanna say yes. My best friend and my sister, so I guess that's best friend slash sister? No, the, the, the two, two friends in her life, one is her sister, one is the best friend, say that this will be totally wrong and I shouldn't do that. I, on the other hand, think that it's not or should not be a big deal. The breakup was mutual. We only we are only friends now who share the same hobby of saunas. You're right. <laughs> and if my new boyfriend doesn't want to go, then it's his problem if I go with someone else, right? Or am I wrong and this really is a big deal? You guys have been married for a long time to your wives, so you have way more experience than I do. Please help me settle this. Well, first of all, I, I I'm mm. gonna be very hesitant to make a generalization that I mean, I think that you are wrong, so I'll say that to start. Okay, so to start with the hesitant uh, generalization. But, but no, but. The, you and everyone else who does this is wrong. Now no, you got that out no, of the way. No, but the generalization, I don't wanna make the generalization that 
you can't have, because so, I feel like this is, I, this is, I know this is your opinion because we've talked about these kinds of things before and I generally agree with you but I also feel like. Don't there, put words in my mouth. There are exceptions to, like I think in general it's a bad idea to have uh, lingering connections with exes. I just think that that's a, in general that's a bad idea. But I think the thing that, well, but, but I believe there are would, certain relationships where I don't, I, the nature I, of that new relationship and the nature of the old relationship is that it's totally okay, so I don't like to just say that definitively. To me, it's the specifics of this situation. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I wanna hear what you have to think about it before I get into I would what just clear, I think of the specifics. I would just, that's what does it all for me. I would just clarify that having, carrying on a friendship with your ex when you're in another serious relationship, I wouldn't say, I, I'm actually hesitant at this point to say what that it's just a blanket, it's just a bad idea. I, I, I will probably hedge a little bit and say, that's a, you're in, you're walking on thin ice. This is, this is a dicey situation. It's just how it feels to me. Right. Um, I'm thinking because, but, the, but when it's specifically about a sauna, that, when that, you're, that's that's the thing. That's the thing for me. Well, you're first like of all, in a towel. You also have to think about the specifics of your current partner, right? So, if my current partner was like, I don't care if you go to the sauna with your ex, then it would be the ball would be in my court, but it wouldn't be. It, it then it uh, I have this internal struggle or whatever. But if my partner says I'm not comfortable with you doing that, the case closed. You just say okay. If this relationship means something to you and they're uncomfortable with it, then you kind of have to think, all right, this new relationship takes precedent over this. But well, this hey, and, and let me ask this at this point: all right. Do you agree that when we talk about, but I, it's not just hanging out? Like I like, I really like to get this certain type of coffee that my new partner hates, but my ex partner, who's now my current friend, really likes this type of coffee and then my 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 partner can't even stand the smell of going in the place. You know, it's yeah. the, the sauna is different because but it's an intimate environment, yeah, right? It's, you're, that, you're, it's that, definitely. So it's, you know, when you're, and maybe I'm projecting or it seems like I would be projecting to say, you know, um, if I was fresh off of, of a relationship and then in a new relationship within like, I'm talking about like a year and then you just never know when you're when you're in this when you're in an environment where there's lots of steam and you're in nothing more than like a towel and a bathing suit. But they're co they're not. How many of these are co-ed? I don't know well, what sauna just, they're talking it's about. It's it's an environment of um. It's a slippery slope of slipping back into it's ro literally ro slippery. Ro in yeah, there. it's literally slippy and you slippery and you might fall into like an embrace. But then a naked, a naked embrace. Relationally, you know where that leads. It just seems to to me that when you old flame, man, you you fan the embers of an old flame and it burst into a firework. I agree with everything you're saying, but I, I think that Daniela H, which stands for Heckman's, I think that. There's so many things wrong with this scenario. You're getting into the sensuality of the sauna experience, which I completely agree with. I wasn't even thinking that. I'm gonna add on that onto that and say, the sauna experience is not something that you have to have a buddy for. If Okay, if your ex-boyfriend was really good at badminton and 
you loved badminton and you couldn't find anybody who was worth a crap to play with and be like, mm. I really love badminton and I, you can't play it by yourself, I gotta have a partner. You, you'd have a you'd have an argument, but you're talking about something like, that's why I don't think the coffee's a good analogy because yeah. you can Badmin- also have Badminton's coffee, better. you can have coffee by yourself. You can go to a sauna by yourself. You can find somebody new to go to the sauna. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, and you don't have to have a partner to enjoy a sauna. And so not only do you not have to have a partner, Second of all, it is a sensual experience in some ways. I don't know what kind of sauna this is, but it sounds like you're going together. I don't know how that works. And then the third thing is, it sounds like your new boyfriend is not gonna be cool with this, which I think that should be the ultimate thing. It's like, if your new partner is like, that makes me feel uncomfortable when you do this thing with your your ex. I mean, I think there's three strikes, man. But, but had, to refresh my memory, did did she say what her she did not new say boyfriend thinks about it? Because I she think- She did not say that. I think, it would, the thing that would make this all okay is if the new boyfriend was friends with your ex. Now, that that rarely happens, right? But that would clear this whole thing up. What if they all go to the sauna together? I know the new boyfriend doesn't. What if they just get into a steamy room where they really can't see each other too well and just see what happens? <laughs> <laughs> Because does that sound like a good idea? No. Okay, that was a bad idea. I just said the first thing that came to my mind. I'm yeah, sorry. You know, uh, no one should stumble. No one should put themselves in a situation and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, Daniela, I think you gotta. I think you gotta. Um, you gotta get the new boyfriend into the sauna. Which how does he not like? First of all, that's the thing I didn't even want to get into. But how do you not like the sauna? The sauna is wonderful. Well, it's hot in there. Invisibility is limited. Uh, uh, this is a question that was actually a Twitter moment from a couple weeks ago uh, that I have, when I saw this question, I couldn't believe that it was uh, there was a debate about this, but yeah, uh, from the Velvet Hook on Twitter, how many holes does a straw have? How many it's holes infuriating, does a straw have? we can't agree. Well, okay, I got my, I did not know this was happening on the internet already, so I don't, I, I, don't I have. Think, I don't think there is a any debate about this. I have my answer, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta make sure this isn't a trap. Well, okay, I got my answer. Do you have your? I answer? haven't thought about it much, but I mean, yeah. let's just let's just let's count, say it together. Count down on three, two, one, and then we say our answer. Three, three two, two, one, two. two. Yeah, two definitely holes. two. There's one on each end. One. Yeah, the middle of the Nikki's straw. Nikki's shaking her head. Okay, here's why there's two holes in a straw. If I go to a field and I see two holes in the field and then you're, and then you're like, oh no, 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 that's just a culvert. There's a culvert, which a culvert is a, just a, a, pipe. Know, a pipe in the ground. Um, and so there's actually, it's actually just one hole in the field because those are connected by a long cylinder. Oh, 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 hold on. So you're saying, you're saying if I go out into a field with no holes and I say, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna dig a hole. And if you dig that dig, hole across and it becomes I'm a dig tunnel. Down, I'm gonna dig down and then I'm gonna come up somewhere else when I'm done digging my hole. And you're gonna create another hole on the surface when you come out the other side. Well, Because I don't know. the hole is the entrance to well, another thing. Well, it's no, an no, no. entrance to I a tunnel. I disagree. I've made one hole. I just came out at another spot. You started making a hole, then as you kept digging, your hole became a tunnel. You the, may have not realized it, and then by the time you got to the end, your tunnel became a hole again, the a opening, second hole. The second. The hole is the opening. The exit of my tunnel that I didn't know I was making 
it that orifice is another hole. But when you look at it a from second like hole. a macro perspective, it I just dug a hole. I dug a hole, no. but it has two holes on it. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It has two holes in it. You dig a hole to a certain point, but if it comes out of the surface anywhere else, it becomes another hole. Well, it it yeah, I dug a hole, but I made another hole as part of it. And you tell me if I'm agreeing with you or not, but that only relates to digging holes. When it comes to straws, it has two holes. <laughs> what? I'm agreeing with you. I mean, I think there's two, I think a think hole. Hold on, are you switching? No, yeah. the hole is the transition from the non-holeness to another, the in, the inside of the hole. If I just look down the, the long, the shaft of a straw, I will see one hole. But then if I turn it sideways, I'm now aware that there are two holes. I mean, it, you know. Right, because if I take a, a straw and I, and, and let's say I've got a sheet of paper, right? <laughs> and I've got a straw and I wanna put each end of the straw through the paper, right? H how many holes do I have to make in the paper for both ends of the straw to come through? How many holes do I have to make in the paper to get that, the straw to come through? One. Two holes, man. <laughs> no, no, not if you're gonna just put a straw to a, through a paper. If I want both ends of the straw to go through the same side of a paper. Two holes. Two holes. And so suddenly the straw part is not another hole? No, it's another hole <laughs> connected by a straw. I don't, do you have a succinct argument, Nikki, because you're, you're, you're shaking your head First of all, I will say that there are some people that think it has no holes. <laughs> some no people holes. think it has no holes. A, I read there's a scientist uh, that somebody texted that is a proponent that it is just a flat surface that has been turned in on itself, no holes. Oh, come on. Uh, oh, that's a good point. I agree with that now. Because it's if, a flat surface that's turned on itself to, it's a, to make a cylinder, but there are no holes in the, in the material that made the straw if it were made that way. Okay, I don't disagree with that either. I think it's one hole because I think if you had a tube of plastic and you're telling somebody how to make a straw, you would say make a long hole in the center of it. No, if you were if you had a tube of plastic and you were making it into but a straw, but if it was you one, hole, one hole, about if it was if you told me make a one hole straw, I'd put something on one end to plug it up. I think I think you you're using Rhett's analogy of digging a hole, which I was I then commandeered as. There's only one hole when you dig a hole in a yard, like if you're a gopher. Let's go. You would not believe how big a gopher is, by the way. Would you say that a straw has a tunnel? A straw to <laughs> Yeah, technically. A straw has I mean, if I was a very small person that could get inside of a tunnel, it would be, a tunnel and a straw would be indistinguishable if I was small enough, right? All right, the debate continues. Um, this why, is why, do I, why do I feel anger all of a sudden? I need to go surfing right now! Leah Rich I gotta leave! Leah Ritchie uh, says, sell by dates versus expiration dates. My boyfriend refuses to consume eggs, milk, et cetera, once items reach the sell by date, where I argue that the store has to sell it by that date so that it means that there are at least a few days allowed after the sell by for home consumption. I think I'm right, but I'm long given up. I've long given up and have to drink all the milk on my own. Point of clarification. Are you telling me that the date at the top of a, uh, a gallon of milk says sell by cuz i don't i just look at the date uh, no. and i so, assume so the, well th there this is this is there's a lot of gray here because there's best buy dates and there's sell by dates and then there's expiration dates 
So I think an expiration date, which first of all. But is that not, is that not um, uh, consistent across all milks? I don't know which one milk is. I don't know if milk has a, has a best buy. I think it's probably a best buy date. And what's the plural of milks? Uh, is it milk? Is that, is that consistent across all milks? I think milk. Milk products. Um, you don't know. So a couple of things. First of all, um, I didn't watch this, but, uh, but Locke told me about this. My son told me about an Adam Ruins Everything where he basically ruins expiration dates. And I don't know the specifics of it, but I just know that that's a good reference. But I think the gist of it is that expiration dates don't, no one knows definitively when things go bad. There's just sort of a rough science that goes into every single thing and they have to they have to put something on there just by law. But very pr- interesting, this happened um, in my house the other day. My wife had uh, some chicken uh, that she bought from the store mm-hmm. and it was still in its vacuum pack, you know, packed up nice, but it was raw. You know, she bought raw chicken from the refrigerated section, put it in the car, brought it home. It was in the car for less than an hour, you know, 10 minutes, whatever. She puts it in the refrigerator. She's planning on making something with it, but then our schedule got messed up and six days pass and this raw chicken is still in its vacuum packaging in the refrigerator. In the fridge, not the freezer. In the refrigerator and and then, but the sell-by date on the chicken was two days from now. In the future. In the future, and but we're six days into having it in the refrigerator. So she makes some food with it and she says, you think this is okay? I mean, it was in the packaging, it was in the fridge the whole time. It says the sell-by date is two days from now. And of course, I'm like, of course it's fine. I mean, people used to eat chicken before refrigeration. You know, I go into all that and I'm like, this is not a problem. But then I go on the internet, I Google it, made the mistake. And basically. what? what it, can I ask why you Googled it since you were so sorry? Because she said, well, that's not what the internet says. Oh, she had already Googled And so then, but she said, but I agree with you and so I made it and we're gonna eat it in 10 minutes. So you just had to find out where, what what this internet information is. But the. Uh, Cause the, that seems to, if it was at the store, it, it would be in a refrigerator and it would, it could still be in that refrigerator for two more days and you could still sell it. And that is what, so first of all. So how on earth can the internet. I saw so many arguments about this and that was one point that a lot of people made. But then the experts say that in that period of time where it leaves the grocery store shelf and then gets to your house, however long that was, and she didn't remember what she was doing when she bought it and how long it was. Okay. At that point, the bacteria begins to grow exponentially, really, really fast. And then once you get to the, you know, a refrigerator doesn't kill any bacteria, it just slows the growth of a bacteria. So if you've already grown bacteria to a certain place, you don't know if it stayed cold. You also don't know your refrigerator's uh, situation. It may not hold its temperature as well as, it may not be up to the standards of the grocery store. And so all the experts online say one to two days of raw chicken in a refrigerator and then you gotta toss it. You gotta freeze it, cook it, or toss it. And that seems so ridiculous to me. Now, I will say we ate the chicken and we all were fine. And, but so the, there's no redemptive um, quality to actually the cooking of the chicken, like to redeem this whole conflict? Exactly, because that's what I said. Doesn't that kill So I said, you cook this stuff uh, in the, the instant pot and then you like she sauteed it and then she cooked it and it was like a you know Indian dish and so it was like cooked in the stew and she was like, oh, it's thoroughly cooked. That's not a question. 
But then the experts also said that there are certain types of bacteria that are known to grow on chicken that develop heat resistant spores and it doesn't matter even if you boil the chicken, you can still get this particular bacteria and it's nasty. So it's very rare but uh, yeah, apparently cooking it does, cooking kills a number of things but there are heat resistant spores and those are the ones that really start developing in that period where you take it off of the, uh, of the shelf. So es essentially the safest bet is a day or two and then you gotta freeze cook or toss it. I bet you could buy like a light to run the chicken under that would kill that spore. Well, and then a lot of people were like, so, oh, if it passes the smell test, but then the experts were like, no, you cannot necessarily detect the bacteria that would be bad for you. Like, so when you, you say experts, are you like, you're talking about like, this a, is com like a commenter who's like, I think it might be the smart ass? the USDA like like some there's some recommendation about it some I, I don't know I'm not gonna it was it was like a definitive like source coming from food science people but I feel like oh but then engaging like, on some thread um uh, no it was like articles and then people would engage on a thread and they would link to that article but then people would be like that's bogus my grandmother used to leave it in there for two weeks or uh. Anybody who hunts knows that you gotta cook, you leave the duck in the refrigerator for a week to let it let it age or whatever. So, I, well a duck and a chicken are not the same Yeah, thing. one's a waterfowl. Right. But that isn't even the question. So Leave a chicken on the water for a week, what's gonna happen? The question is whether or not uh, the sell-by date and the, the expiration date is any different. And honestly, I guess there's a difference, but I think that ultimately it's all rather bogus and it's just rough guidelines so that people don't constantly make themselves sick. But I think with milk especially, if I think milk you can do the smell test. If milk doesn't smell nasty, just drink it, man. And don't go to the forums, because yeah. you just wanna go with it. In closing, Bobby Saki Van Etten commented, my friend disagrees with me that when you feel like you're gonna throw up and you assume the position the smell of the toilet water triggers you to throw up. We have debates on this at least once a year. So does Bobby Saki Van Eaton think that this is true or does the friend think this is true? Let's say that Bobby. In other words, who's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Let's assume that, that, that Bobby thinks that the smell of the toilet water does not trigger the, the vomiting. Now, which would make Bobby correct. Is it, oh, hold on, hold on. No, hold on. You I, I mean, it depends on your what's already in the toilet. I don't want to so quickly the, dismiss this because would you not agree that it is possible that there is a Pavlovian response to, can't that kind of thing happen with any sort of behavior? So if I, for, for many, many years, I'm going to the bathroom and bending over and assuming the position and then vomiting, won't something as strong as my sense of smell, smelling exactly the same thing, in this case toilet water, couldn't that become a trigger? I mean surely it's, it's all tied together. I mean it could but I don't think that's what's happening. I mean I think that like when I ate that Trinidad Marugo Scorpion and then I got off the, you know that night when I was in pain and you texted me and said you felt better because you th had thrown up. Yeah. And then I was like, I feel absolutely horrible. I cannot go all night like this. I have to make myself throw up. Well, I went up to the bathroom and I assumed the position. And trust me, 
I smelled everything that was down there and I tried everything to try to get it to come up. Yeah, you and were trying. My body did not want to let it up because it knew it knew that like the it would be really painful coming back back on the return trip. And it was coming out. Woo! It was horrific. I could not first time I've thrown up in years. Assuming the position of being over a toilet and like feeling grossed out by a toilet certainly aids in your ability to up chuck. Well, seeing some, but it's not the smell of the the water specifically, unless I think it's if you're grossed out by putting your head down there where your butt normally is. I mean, that's gross, man. Let's just put it this way: and you could smelling use that, toilet water use that to your advantage. Smelling toilet water can't help you not throw up. That's true. So, in one sense, while I think it the the thing that ultimately causes you to vomit, I'm guessing is whatever's causing you to vomit. You know, the thing that's going on yeah. in your body, and your body's telling you to vomit it. However, there are definitely external factors that contribute to people vomiting, namely seeing someone else vomit, smelling vomit. Or just putting your head where your butt normally goes. And I think there's probably an adaptive advantage. I think, I don't know, this is complete conjecture, but I would think that the reason that you throw up when you see somebody else throw up is because at some point in the past there was an adaptive advantage to going ahead and getting rid of whatever you ate if you saw someone else throw up because chances are you both just ate the same thing because we all lived in tribes and we were probably all eating the same thing. Yeah. So if it ain't working for her. I'm gonna get rid of it too, just I'm gonna in go case. ahead and preemptively. Uh, but so there's there, there's definitely a, external factors contribute to your tendency to throw up and maybe if you've done, if you've assumed this position and you've got an especially specific, I couldn't even tell you what my toilet water t- smells like or it's almost said tastes like. Barbara can tell you what it tastes like. but. <laughs> Is it so specific that it can cause a Pavlovian response where you end up vomiting just at the smell of it? I think it's possible. I you think know, it's possible I, but unlikely. You know what, but you've serendipitously disproven your statement with a little slip of the tongue. You said, Barbara could tell you what it tastes like. Who has the most refined sense of smell in your house? Uh, Barbara. And who? in their right mind, if they had the most refined sense of smell, would get water from the toilet if it stunk. I think that, well, this is a horrible analogy because refined is not the term I would actually use because she also licks her own butt and she, and, uh-huh. and she'd lick my butt if I let her, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a dog. <laughs> That's- that's that's twisted, man. That is so, twisted. So ultimately what I'm now, saying you, is she's, you're she telling has me- a, you're telling me you're one, deci- <laughs> you're one decision away from your dog licking your butt, no, man. No, no, that's, I'm just trying to prove a point. It's twisted. I'm just trying to prove a point, man. No, you're, you just. She doesn't have a refined sense, she has a developed sense of smell. If it Incredib- stunk, she wouldn't drink it. Did you, your, your do- dogs eat their own vomit. It doesn't stink to them. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Right. Yeah, the jury's still out on that last it, one. I'm sorry was, we didn't come to a It was a, a thought exercise, conclusion. but I'm sorry that we had to pair it with a mental image. Yeah, I'm sorry that that's the thing you're gonna take with you this week. <laughs> you know what? Okay, we should we should do that again, uh, subject to what you guys think. Uh, you know, uh, over the We next should year. do that again, subject to what you guys think. <laughs> that's such a- Hashtag yeah. Ear Biscuits. Let yeah. us know what Let you thought about this conversation. Let us know if you want that to happen again, and, and uh, we'll get to more questions. <laughs> Solve more disputes, and hopefully we didn't rile things up in any oh relationships. Gosh. Hopefully we we settled it. 